T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is Ken and Curtis on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Any truth to the rumor that this is all a result of uh, John Henry getting booed at the Winter Classic? <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a feeling that, you know, at the, if you showed up to the Raphael Devers press conference and walk in the pre- went into the parking lot, you'd probably get some of the same reaction regardless. So... There's, there's, uh, there's, once Bogart's left, there's a lot of fence, fences to mend. Um, and and this, this season coming up, you know, it's still going to be an uphill battle in terms of getting the fan base on board. Yeah. They can. Uh, in 2013, they did. But remember, 2013, it took a, a while to do it. But this was certainly a huge, huge step in the right direction. Money, 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 money. Brad Poe on the Arcana Mego show this week after the news broke. Devers, $331 million in an extension to stay with the Boston Red Sox, Chris Curtis. Brad Poe laughed that off, whether the sign confiscated by Fenway Security and the guy that was heckling John Henry coming into the Winter Classic had an impact on the signing, which I can't laugh it off outright. I mean, I don't know, maybe Brad Poe just pivoted. To, I mean, he didn't really address the question directly, but... There was reporting in the USA Today story from Bob Nightingale that the Red Sox had already increased their offer during the season to 250. Before the year, it was 170 or something like that, and then in season 250, they then up it to 330. But let me ask you: You're a neutral observer. Yeah. Do you think that was a pivotal, like a a seminal moment for John Henry, actually being out there walking by some fans? He didn't like it, and that that made all the difference. He said, "Let's get it done." This is why, yes, I think it had a difference. I don't know whether it, I think it may have been eighty percent done, ninety percent done. I don't know what the total length that was what what that did to take it over the top in terms of uh, the the dollars getting to be where Devers would sign on the eleven year deal or ten year deal after the one year deal they had just agreed to. But this is why it's important to note when an owner expands and broadens his portfolio because when John just owned the Red Sox, all he heard was the guy saying, sign anybody when you are in Liverpool. And John, pay Raffi! Pay anybody! <laughs> when you are engaged with a singular goal of winning a World Series with a singular business, the Boston Red Sox, you hear everything. You drive to a radio station. You call into places. You, you demand accountability. When you are spread thin and you have ten restaurants instead of one, you're no longer there to hear and understand the demands of each customer base. And so it was great that the Winter Classic was there. I, I think eventually this gets done 
I don't think it's the I, it's in in so many words that I don't think that this would this would never have gotten done. But I think the speed and the uh, immediacy of the contract in the hours following the Winter Classic was not a coincidence. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the Winter Classic is there with the Penguins because John Henry owns the Penguins, so it wasn't like an accident or you know fate that it was there. Right. But, and so anybody who would bring that up, Ken, would always say, like, what, you think he's a bad owner? No, I'm just explaining what's happening. Is that when you franchise a restaurant, the one that you always go to may not be as consistent. It's not that hard to understand. It happens in every business, and it's happened here. Raffi's worth the money, just saying. <laughs> that is, re- is going to go to – people will remember it that way. Whether it's true or not, I think those guys yelling at John, that will stand some test of time. Like – Five years from now, you'll think back on the Devers contract and say they were pushed into it by fan sentiment because Bogarts left, because they had already traded Mookie, and because just in general, people were starting to doubt the team's investment in winning in the future. And, you know, you and I both had discussed the possibility they were going to sell the franchise. And that's what it looked like to me up until that point because they had been averse to any long term deal. Any. I mean, outside of Trevor's story, which is, what, $20 million a year for six years? I mean, they, the the way that baseball has gone with the new ownership of, of Cohen, with the explosion of money with the Dodgers, with the Yankees finally spending like their dad used to, like, the Red Sox were on the verge of being an also-ran. And this deal, now, it solidifies and, 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 it, and allows you to understand their plan. Right. Which was Bogarts is not worth that money. Too old. He's going to too get, old for an eleven-year deal. They wanted him at a price, but that was too long. They, they didn't. They didn't think he's going to be that good. That's the fact. They don't think outside of the next three, four years, he's going to be a top of the end, top end player. Correct. So they have Storius Insurance, who is now your shortstop. You have the left side, left side of your inf- infield set. You have a closer. You you know you bring in Yoshi. Who knows what he's going to be? And you can sort of see see things coming together and. You have the baseline and foundation with a corner power bat and a you know a truly great player for the next eleven years, and, and they have a, yeah, and they have a couple of young guys that are intriguing. Cassis didn't have a great average year, but he hit some bombs, right. and, and you have you've Marcella got Marcelo there, right, right. I mean, and so listen, as I've said all along, the vitriol and anger that's been angled at and directed to the Red Sox and Henry will dissipate if they win. That's why all this jockeying about who's you know who's behind the moves or is it a Heim deal or is it a Henry deal or is are they making these for PR? If they are good, as we saw when everybody killed them, myself included, in the 2021 season when they only brought in Schwarber and he wasn't healthy for three weeks. Once he started hitting, did anybody care that he was a bad acquisition at the time and he turned into a great one? If the team wins, people are happy. So if this team's successful and the players that they brought in are good, then it's one thing. The issue that exists, Ken, for the future of the Red Sox is that what we were told Heim was great at, he has been awful at, which is the Mookie trade is now solidified as one of the worst deals in the history of sports. <laughs> they got Verdugo. And, you know, Jeter Downs getting DFA'd in the middle of nowhere. You yeah. know, that trade was an abomination. Right. So if, if Heim isn't good at that, then you're screwed. But – if they're moving past it, I don't know what their deal is, but if you're John Henry, how can you trust Heim to make another big trade like that when you look at the Mookie deal today? Yeah, I mean, the only excuse for it, I guess, was that he was 
forced into it, right? I mean, from Heim's point of view, I'm sure he was like, well, I ha- I was pressed. I had to make a move. Uh, you know, they, they forced me to make a trade. You there don't was... think in the interview process that John Henry said we're trading Mookie right. and you're going to no, have right. to trade him? You're right. And by the way, the selling the franchise thing, I think, is now a non-story, except for the fact that you do have to mention that Devers does not have a no-trade clause in this deal, according to Joel Sherman of the New York Post, or one of the, one of the New York Post writers. So they could obviously trade him at some well, point. Well, how many years has he been with the Red Sox? Devers, six. Okay, and so in four years, effectively, he gets one because he's a 10-5 guy. Ah, okay, good point. So, so they would, they would, you know, but yeah. So in the, the next couple of years, they decide to go full rebuild. Right. They My biggest takeaway was, yeah, but I, I think that that's not, that would be more, um, that's probably more of Devers' non-belief in Heim than it is anything else. That, yeah. Okay, trade me if they suck. Um, but no, I think the, um, the, the, the fact about Devers is that there's no opt-outs. Every, every other deal the Red Sox have agreed to recently have had the two-year J.D. Martinez opt-outs where right. it was Xander opted out. So the fact that it's just a 10-year solid deal that begins after the season is pretty rare. Great point. And, you know, so they obviously had to pay for that certainty. So they paid him more. They went above and beyond to say, hey, we're not letting you opt out. We're giving you $331 million. Sixth largest in baseball history, largest ever for a third baseman. You're ours. We have control. So good for them. Yeah, I got to give them credit for that. And I have to say, long term, I think Devers may be the best of the Mookie, Xander, Devers trio. Ooh, really? Yeah. I think, you know, Mookie's great. He had that great year in the COVID season. Um, he's obviously, you know, a great personality, good guy, good locker room stuff. He's not a great personality. That was. I mean, in terms of the locker room. Okay, yeah. A good guy. We think he's a good, good guy. guy. Right. Doesn't doesn't Did, bring people to Not the team. dynamic. Didn't seem like he wanted to be here to me, but, I mean, that could be unfair. I, I don't know. Right. But, but Devers is, yes, gregarious and a fun watch. And he's what? How is he, 26, 26, 25? 26. So, I mean, his numbers at the age of 26, he's got, I mean, he, he's an incredible player, and this is a deal that, had they not done it, would have been the cloud over the entire season. Well, as far as, as far, and, and just to put it in context, of third baseman at the age of 26, he has the six most home runs in baseball history, fifth most extra base hits. So right now he's a top 10 third baseman all time, borderline top five. That's a Hall of Famer, you know, yeah. if, if he continues this for five more years of this contract. So they just locked up a Hall of Fame player, would be their first Hall of Famer since, you know, Ortiz and Pedro got in. So that's that's huge. You can't underestimate. You can't under you know tell no. that story. And if you asked every Red Sox fan this off season if you could only keep one long term, people would have said Devers. Yep. And so that's why I just wish the Red Sox would just stick to doing whatever it is their plan is, believe in it, execute it, and then deal with the rough winds and the tough seas that come with it in Boston. And guess what? At the end, like in 2021, you can celebrate on the field after beating the Rays in the divisional round. And, you know, everybody else has to have, you know, has to look like an idiot. That's the way this works. What do you think of the week of signing Devers? 617-779-7937. And by the way, uh, according to Greg Hill, Sam Kennedy coming in studio for an hour. Is that happening this week? I was told. Uh, big, and it's big. So it'll be uh, interesting. And, and, and you know what? I give the Red Sox credit for that. Because we have the front office report, they come on. A lot of other teams with a lot of other partnerships in this market are not as available as the Red Sox are. So I credit them for that, and I look forward to having a fun morning with Sam. Let's go to Harry and Quincy on the phones on the Devers signing. Hi, Harry. Good morning, fellas. How are we? Chris, I'm only thinking about 
does he turn into Panda Sandoval and his <laughs> belt buckle explodes oh. in a couple of years? At least with Mookie, I was looking at a you know an athlete doesn't look like that's all you know. He out of desperation he paid this guy all this money. That's all. I'll hang up and listen to you guys. Have a great weekend. All right, thanks, Harry. Is there yeah. a f- fear that he that his weight becomes a problem? No, I am not worried at all. I have no concern about. I couldn't find a more different person than Pablo Sandoval. Different position, obviously. You know, well, not from Sandoval, but like. And know, Sandoval Mookie's was signed because Sandoval was signed because he was Kung Fu Panda. It had nothing to do with on the field. <laughs> Graviel Devers is one of the best players in baseball. Yeah, didn't have maybe his best year last year, but still hit what two ninety eight, twenty seven homers, something like that. Yeah, uh, he's he averages thirty bombs a year. I think Mookie at thirty five this year. But st- so they're comparable. But Mookie's three years older. And, you know, Devers can always DH, so you have that in the back pocket. Uh, he's, of all the long-term deals that they were thought to be considering, this is the least risky because of his age and because of, you know, you're not a shortstop. You're not, you know, a corner infielder can always go back to, from the third to first. You can go to DH. He doesn't have a no-trade clause. Like, this is – this deal, when it came out, I was – not my money, but it seemed fair. It didn't seem like it was insane. It wasn't this back-breaking amount of yearly cash that's going to prevent the team from doing other things. I thought it was as good a deal as you could have. Let's go to Ben in Maine. Morning, Ben. Hey, guys. How's it going? All right. So, I got to tell you, I, I, yeah, it's great. They secured the left side of the infield. Woo! You know, and we got a closer. <laughs> what about the other seven guys on the field during the season? I mean, you know, like you didn't even talk about the starting pitching staff, and like we can't even talk about Chris Sale. I mean, that guy, he's going to brush his teeth this morning and break his jaw, or he's going to bust the hip getting out of bed. <laughs> I mean, for crying out loud, like, dude, you haven't, you haven't mentioned one about starting pitching. And then you mentioned this Japanese kid. I got to tell you, unless this kid's Ichiro or, you know, Darvish, I mean, like, I don't even want to hear about him because half those guys don't pan out. They don't have what it takes to play American-style baseball. And if you look at their numbers, they might hit 30 bombs in Japan, but when it translates to the United States, they hit like seven. So this guy hit like 28. What's he going to hit, like four? zippity doodah. Well, he's not a home run hitter, Ben. He's supposed to be a contact guy and a, and a good outfielder. The former uh, baseball player Adam Jones, former Oreo, said he's the Japanese Juan Soto, Curtis. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, that's Yoshida. how I would have described him. So there we go. I watched Yoshi highlights all the way from Boston to Palm Beach. He looks phenomenal. Obviously, they have a lot to prove. They got Kluber, and they have a bunch of unknowns in the starting rotation. Right now, they're the, what, fourth-best team in the division? They still have work to do. They could surprise some people, Ken. I like that, yeah. It's going to be a good good pick for uh, Costas when he comes on before the baseball season. I can't wait. But in all sincerity, that was such a stabilizing move. Oh, it changes everything. Because you're right. It allows them to explain their plan. Right. Appear like they have a plan. Hey, anybody! <laughs> Explain but away the, Bogarts, and yeah, exactly. And there are often times, Ken, where people that call into this station or you hear, you know, outside of the garden or Fenway, that are a little over the top and not representative of the of the core fans. But those two guys said what everybody was thinking that day: that you have the Penguins coming to Boston to play the Bruins in Fenway Park. Penguins owned by Henry. The off season that's just sucked. The Bruins show up, best team in hockey. We're in the old school Red Sox stuff. It was just sort of this perfect scene for Henry to walk into a place that he feels like he's, you know, recreated, had a renaissance at Fenway Park, helped win four World Series, and he just gets bombarded with the with the disgust 
of the fans, and I think that yeah. that helped get the deal done. Yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it did put the uh, put them over the finish line. All right, Ken and Curtis, we are here till one. Arcan from one to four. Then we have two NFL games. Chiefs game first, which has some importance, right, Curtis? Because there is a chance the Patriots get into the playoffs and play the Chiefs. Right. Never know. You got to watch that game and the Jags and Titans tonight. Uh, with more, here's Joe Braverman. What's trending? T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, so I don't know that I can argue, like, in a baseball sense, that this is a wise investment. You know, I've said it, you've asked me a million times, would you pay Devers? And I always said no. I would trade him. I have concerns about the body type, about him breaking down, about where he profiles defensively. Is he ultimately going to be paying $30 million a year for a DH? All of that said... This deal had to happen because of the position the Red Sox have put themselves in with their fans and with their own clubhouse, frankly. Well, not a glowing assessment of the extension from John Tomasi, ABC Sports boss, Kenneth Curtis here, discussing Devers here for a minute. 11 years, $331 million. Curtis, the last big money deal was priced at 217 so they went $115 million over the top of that one. Big week for the Red Sox. Big week, and it's a much less, obviously all of these moves have risk, but when you're talking about a third baseman versus a left-handed starting pitcher, I feel much better about the ability for this to be not an albatross in seven or eight years in the way that sales is and prices was. A couple more calls on this. Let's go to Rich in Amherst. Hi, Rich. Hi, hi. I, yeah, I just wanted to say one aspect of the whole Devers thing that I don't hear talked about a lot is with the uh, outlawing of the shift this year, that's going to help him a lot. I haven't, I, I don't see many other players who are more, have hits more scorching balls into the, the shift than him. I really think that that's going to put 10 to 15 points on his average. And now that he can pull freely, five to 10 more home runs. I, I, yeah. I, I you know. Good point. Uh, yeah, and the other thing I want to say is, I don't know if you remember, I called two weeks ago, I think, on a Saturday, and I said, Whaley owners start hearing the booze. And uh, <laughs> and I, I got to pat myself on the back. I feel a little prophetic. <laughs> Good job, Rich. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, he did hear the booze, and without the Winter Classic, it may never have happened, Curtis. I mean, If he never buys the Penguins, they never sign Devers to a long-term deal. Exactly. Now, by the way, we put the bat signal out, and on the Harbor One hotline, it is our buddy Brad Foe, who was hosting with you last week, right? Or with me two weeks ago? I don't know. Who was it with you last week? We've been both with Rob separately. Yes. He's our mistress. Mistress Brad Foe, Red Sox insider on the Harbor One hotline. Hi, Rob. It's also known as the highest rated uh, shows of the entire year, so that you can look that up. That was Those are great shows. Excellent job, guys. Well, 
you had texted me. We're we're in this discussion about uh, Devers and. Uh, oh, yeah, how dare how you how, how dare you defame Yoshida, Masa Yoshida? Well, he's how not, dare you? Ken? So Bradford texts me. He's a home run hitter. He's supposed to be. He is not. He is. He's a twenty home run guy at best. He had twenty seven in in Japan. That's a home run hitter. He, they want he they, averaged he, nineteen they, a year. They 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 expect him to hit twenty to twenty five home runs. Is that a home run hitter? Uh, not really. What's his DVOA? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's he's going to be a leadoff guy, right? He's adept at putting the ball in play. That's the that's the book. Listen, on all, all, all you need to know is that he comes out the Macho Man, so that's that that's a home run hitter. So that, no there way. you go. Wait, the Macho, oh, macho Man Savage or Macho Macho Man? No, Macho Macho no. Man. Yes, no, that, that's not going to fly when, with Linda. <laughs> when, when he when <laughs> when when he comes up. They had had everyone had these inflatable dumbbells, and they started like flexing, like when when he came up. This was a big thing, and the Red Sox actually, when they thought they were going to have a Zoom call with him, bought the dumbbells as like a prop. Oh boy! Because so if you don't you don't think that this guy is a home run hitter when he when it, basically his signature song is one that you like pound dumbbells to? Come on, let's go! Well, see that scares me that it's more of a what'd you say about Panda the signing Curtis that that was done to sell, you know. It was not Merchandise. made for on the field uh, purposes, and it's. Oh, it are, you, are you saying this is like Pablo? Are you saying this is like having the panda hats in storage after signing Pablo Sandoval? Well, I hope not. I, I hope they didn't get him because they thought Macho Man would be a great song at the uh, Fenway. <laughs> not got canceled. I mean, jeez. <laughs> Why not? All right, now Devers, you you dodged the question when Arcan and Megu asked you whether the fans no, heckling didn't. John had an impact. No, I didn't. Yes, you no, did. No, I said. I, no, I didn't. I said, well, how? how you how laughed you and say, then talked about it, something else. Because it's, it's ludicrous. Because it's like, you know, you think that you think that in one day they're going to come in and say, oh, there's $100 million. Boom, there it is. Like, uh, we were at here, now we're going to go here? I mean, off of happen. one day? Billionaires are eccentric by nature. <laughs> they are. That is true. That is, that, is, that is very true. That is a very good counterpoint, Ken. Almost too good to... to, to <laughs> To, to banter about. But in but all sincerity, Rob, yeah. do you think that John Henry in his day-to-day life experiences a lot of people that tell him he's wrong? No, but I think that he's caught in the last couple of years. I know this for a fact. I mean, in the last couple of years, he knows that people have not been happy. You know how I know? Because he hasn't been anywhere. He hasn't, he hasn't, we haven't seen John Henry. The last time that we had a group media session with John Henry was in a suite after Dave Dombrowski was fired. When was that? You know, so that's how I know that he knows what's going on and he's feeling it. Now, it's two different conversations, right? Do I think ownership got involved in this more than any other thing that they've gotten involved with since Heim Boom took over? Absolutely. This is what we were waiting for all this time, right? This is what we were waiting for to see when ownership was going to do the shock and awe that they always have done when they need to get a deal done. And this Devers thing was the first time they did it. So did ownership take a different tax than they have in the past? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that the last time we saw John Henry was at that concert he went that Greg and Ken went to. Where was that? <laughs> That's true. We did see him there at the uh, uh, God. Fleetwood Mac. No, Van Morrison. The Van, oh, Morrison Van Morrison show. He was there with, yeah, he had his mask on. He was very safe. He left before the end of the show. Did he talk Devers at all? No, he tried. I tried to get him to converse, but he, was, he just pointed to the mask. Yeah, I, I think did he, Rob, like a, did he have like a wig, a wig and a mustache like Theo used to when he went to Pearl Jam <laughs> concerts? Uh, 
So, Rob, I don't think that it was the reason or in the top five reasons why the Red Sox ultimately gave a 10-year, $300-plus million deal to Devers, but I think it brought things to the front of John Henry's mind in the timing of it where you had immediately people in the front office telling Greg, we're close to a deal. This, the narrative was immediately trying to be shifted into positive momentum for the organization after they had been getting blasted around for a bit. So I don't think it hurt. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't hurt because I mean, I guess that's one way to put it. You know, it's it doesn't hurt. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I just I think it's just it's a tremendous leap of faith to think this is the thing that that like pushed it so far. Maybe you know, maybe it pushed a couple inches, but. The thing that's going to push it to the levels where you had to go to actually come up into a competitive offer, like I just don't think that that's realistic. I mean, I just don't. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's like I said before. I think this is the owner. This is an ownership deal. This is the first ownership deal that I think that we've seen since Heimblum has taken over, and uh, and we've seen it before. It, this is a Raphael Devers deal, is what it is, right? I mean, this is a Devers deal, and and I think. If you want to find a solution to why this happened, other than uh, people holding up signs at the Penguins game, then look at look at the fact is that the Red Sox people knew that they had nowhere to go. They were not that basically they checkmate. Rafael Devers had all the leverage. They were he was going to get his deal. There was no more Matt Olson come down to our level. There was no more getting over on him, getting a deal for him. No, this was a Raphael Devers production, and they knew it, and they had nowhere else to go. Very interesting subplot to this. There is no no-trade clause, Rob. Should I read anything into that, or is that significant to you? Well, he's not too far before he becomes a 10-5 guy, so yeah, that's what no, I would say no. No, because, so no, yeah. no chance they trade him in the next couple of years. Well, I, you know, I think that you sign the guy, you allocate this money and resources to a guy because you think he's going to be a foundational guy. And you, you know, we've talked about this a million times. You need that guy. You can't in baseball. You can't just say, "Hey, here's one guy and run an isolation for him." That's fine, but you do need a guy like we saw with Ortiz. When Ortiz left, then other guys didn't step up. You know why they didn't step up? Because they didn't have Ortiz there. So they have to go out and get JD Martinez. So you always need the guy, and I think that's how they look at him. All right, I have two quick questions, Brad Foe. One, why were they galaxies apart like a week ago, according to whether it was June? Because I don't because I don't believe they were galaxies galaxies apart. I mean, because I, like I, this is this is the problem. This is the problem with a lot of uh, reporting this off season and social media. And I'm just going to be honest with you: a lot of it's wrong. And, and and the problem is is because you have you have situations where something is reported and then everybody takes it for gospel and that's what the that the definitive narrative is. So, like, were they apart? Absolutely. I mean, when you know that they offered a Matt Olson deal, you know they're apart, and you know that there was frustrations. But like I said before, like I think what this comes down to is they got you get to the point where you understand. We don't want to trade the guy. We don't want him to get to free agency, and he's not going to budge off of what he's asking. So we only have one solution here. So then last question for me, Rob. What was the purpose of telling everyone for months that Xander Bogarts was the top priority and that they can't envision a team without him? Why, why the well, self-inflicted wound? 
That's a great question. And that's one of the, one of the, the more baffling things I've seen since I've been covered a team. Because like we've talked about with the ownership group, when usually in years past when they want a guy, they're going to get him or they're going to come close to getting him. So this was different. This was definitively saying. This wasn't like the Schwarber, we like him, we like him, we're keeping in touch with him, and then he gets doubled up by Phillies. Now, this is like, this is our plan A, definitively on the record, and then you land where you did. I, I, I don't, because if you don't have that comment, then all I say to you, Chris, is they're doing what they do with a lot of people. Well, we really like him, we want him, of course we want him, this and that. But when you say that you're plan A, and then you give that offer, like, that was baffling to me, and that's why I was always skeptical about the Devers thing. But I do think that in this case, they look at if, if you're going to have the one time where ownership is going to do what they have done in the past, it was going to be for Rafael Devers, and it, ultimately it wasn't going to be for Xander Bogarts. Bradfoe, big week for you. The Baseball Isn't Boring brand is hot. The great oh, uh, Hall of Fame ballot reveal featuring D.B. Sweeney from Eight Men Out. Very popular. Yep. Uh, it was kind of you know buried by the Devers thing, but still, great job. Not re- not really, because the Devers thing happened a day later, but that's okay. Jeez, Go ahead, guys, continue. You just just crazy. God, I thought you did a great job. Just wanted to just throw that out there. And, of course, the Bradford <laughs> Show is the place to go for your Red Sox podcast. Uh, no, listen, I, is, is there, did, did Ken pin a $20 bill on the wall for him, myself, Chris? He did. Because he, he, is did. The, he is the MVP of the last two days. Holy mackerel. Oh, thank I you. Yeah, in the car last night. You hear night? my producer work like last night with Rich? Yeah, it was great. It was, it was it was really really good and and you I've said this on the record many many a time you guys are my favorite show so keep thank up the good work right, thank you Rob enjoy your Saturday take care all right bye bye all right it's Brad Fo on the Harbaugh Hotline Red Sox Insider I don't know it's not father son it's like brotherly you and or like your Rob's your big brother well yeah there's a lot of like pent up tension with you two my Atlanta I don't think there's tension I don't think there's tension oh at my all. god well you didn't say buried by the news you kind of poo-pooed well, he the did. trip I mean, to Chicago he I mean, had about 12 hour 12 hour run on the eight men out reveal and then the Devers news broke so well I mean you should have at least told him that Jackson been been pumping the baseballs and boring sweatshirt every day I mean he's like <laughs> a walking billboard for the guy Jackson's done a great job I think he's a rising star in the morning I agree uh Curtis is here Although he's in Florida. It's the Kenny Curtis Show here on WEI, here until 1 o'clock. Arcand is in from 1 to 4, and then we've got football today. And you may think the Patriots have no chance to beat the Bills. You could be right. I'll admit. Um, if I was a betting man, Curtis, and we will be soon in this Commonwealth, uh, I would not bet on the Patriots to win this game. Can someone explain to me seven points? I don't get it. I, I, that feels like it is way too low. Well, that's what I thought, but didn't Costo say he the, um, well, I forget he what Costo said. Yeah, I thought he, yeah, well, maybe he wanted a 10. Okay, well, who knows? This this game is very unpredictable to me. I do think the Bills are the better team, but there's a lot going on, so it's it's chaotic. The Bills could fade late. Patriots have some motivation to play, as do the Bills. So that one aside. But I do think there is a chance now. They back in with a loss. They need three things to happen. Okay? Tonight, they need the Titans to lose to the Jags. Can I just stop you for a quick second? Yeah. I, I'll let you finish this, and I don't want to get into a spat like you and Rob just had. So I want to be firmly on the record. I have no desire for this team to lose tomorrow and make the playoffs and finish 8-10. and 10. That is seems like the worst possible case scenario. Yeah, you get in, you, you get in, you earned it. Ken, do you remember the, le- the, the, the snide remarks you made when the Bucks were under 500 in first place? Do you remember that? You want to go back to that 
you hypocrite? I mean, but in this case, you'd be comparing who deserves it more among four teams, and none of them really would deserve it. I mean, the you Dolphins and the Jets certainly don't. If I'm a Patriots fan, I want Mac Jones to play as many games as possible. He's a second-year quarterback who needs to improve. Yes, I want to see him make the playoffs. Okay, I'm firmly in. I want them to win tomorrow and make the playoffs. I have no interest in having them lose and back in. Okay, but I'm just telling you, this could happen. Do you think the Jags will beat the Titans tonight? Uh, yes. Josh Dobbs is your Titans starting quarterback. ESPN Analytics gives them a 15% chance to win. That's going to happen. That will set up tomorrow. Two things that need to happen for the Patriots to get in with a loss. I don't know who Dobbs is. Should I know who that is? He's a longtime backup. He was with the Steelers uh, behind Roethlisberger for a lot of years, oh. and then he's now over there. Although Malik he's a Willis, longer practice squatter. Yeah, he, he had his first NFL start last week, so oh, this okay, is his good. second NFL start. I think he's going to really come out firing. <laughs> so if that happens, then tomorrow you would only need Skylar Thompson to lose to the Jets, which I I don't know. That's a tight one. I, Dolphins are actually favored by three. Who wins that game, Jets or Dolphins? Uh, Keep in mind, Joe Flacco's starting for the Jets. I know. I I think they win, the Dolphins win one for McDaniel's. Oh, really? I don't know. I think I, those teams both suck. Right, they both collapse mode. I would say that's a we should instead of playing the game, they should do the Bengals uh, Ravens approach. Flip a coin. Okay, so you got fifty percent chance of that happening. Yep. And then you need the Steelers to lose to the Browns. Steelers are two and a half point favorite. That's the uh, longest shot. I I don't see a ch- oh well you have the. That's not too crazy. The Browns have been, you know, they're a pretty good team. They have, you know, Watson. They would probably want to end the season well. They've they're been worse. Chaotic, They've been though, worse with Clowney. Watson. Yeah. Well, yeah. Clowney and Garrett. I don't know what's going on there. Are they both out? On a Clowney. What did Clowney say about uh, Garrett? I would say that's sixty percent chance the the Steelers win that game. So forty percent what you need. Well, Clowney was saying like the report was that he's upset at. Miles Garrett getting preferential treatment, so they just excused him from like practice, and he's not going to play. So Garrett's going to play, but Clowney won't. Yeah, I mean the Browns are not in a great state. I will admit, and Kenny Pickett has shown some clutch ability. It seems like the Steelers. You know, to be honest, I would if I had to predict, I would say the Steelers back in. Don't you think that's going to happen? The Steelers are going to get in. The Steelers are going to get in because they always. I mean, you can't. I know we have Derek on the Greg Hill Show every week. Rip Mike Tomlin. I don't know how you keep doing it. I know he makes – there's a lot of things that people in Pittsburgh point at, but they have been very good or above average with very poor quarterbacks over the last couple of years, and he always finishes at or above 500. Well, he does, but he finished at 500 with Ben for a lot of years. They, yeah, well, Ben was also you know, at the Golden Corral every day. I mean, he wasn't exactly <laughs> engaged in football. The Hall of Famer, Curtis. He sucks. All right, 617-779-7937. Do you see the Patriots making it? Do you see these scenarios playing out? I think they're going to have to win to get in. I would like to add another addendum. Good. Is this a failure of a season? No. Is, is this a waste of a year? Did you waste a season? And I'm going to say right now, you and I are going to disagree, but the, the way in which the AFC has completely fell on top of itself like a house of cards you missed an opportunity if you simply did your job, Bill Belichick, and put the right people in position to have a shot to go onto a little bit of a playoff run this year. Hmm. All right, I've got some thoughts on that. I will save them for the other side. Is it a waste of a seat? You're saying win or lose, or just Bill Belichick lose? just dumped the season down the toilet? Right. It's Kenny Curtis. Because I compare it to the current New England roster compared to what it used to be when I coached against them. There's one player on that team. 
that would have started for those teams, and that's Matt Judon. Yeah. Everything else, none of these guys would have started. That's why I call it a JV team. But the, the, the roster may be JV, but the coaching's not. This dude has done an amazing job. Might be his best year coaching that I've ever seen. And what he does, he, he plays to the strength of his team. Hey, 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 hey. Macho, macho <laughs> nice job, Joe Bradman. There's your Masa Yoshida theme song coming to Fenway in 2023. And Rex Ryan, who is... Curtis, if I'm uh, not mistaken, what are your favorite AFC East coaches of all time? You're a big Rex Ryan guy. Yep, there's uh, something similar about their records without a certain guy under center. But I would say this. The strength of the team was cut from under the team before the season began. So you can't credit Bill for overcoming weaknesses that he created. Wait, what, what, what was the strength of the team he cut? The offense last year was very good. You removed any growth. You brought in people who are utterly incapable of doing the job. You removed the opportunity for growth by dumbing down the offense to fit the smaller brain of your offensive coordinator <laughs> instead of maximizing the talent by bringing in the best coaches that would then get the most out of each player. So we've had these sort of dueling conversations, which is Bill the coach overcoming the situations around the team. Well, Ken, if I show up to work you know, hammered again, and I'm still able to, you know, finish the day well, and I'm bragging to you about how great it was that I was able to produce the show while pie-eyed. I don't, like it's not some... I don't like this comparison. No, but it's it's you're doing something that is hurting the opportunity for the team. We all said it before it started. So to say that Bill has done a good job overcoming obstacles, if you place the obstacles in your way, then it's not something that you overcame. It's something that you did to yourself. Okay, that's a fair point, but it's di- but that's different from saying it's a waste of a season, which it I It was a waste of with. a season. In what way was it not? Well, they won eight games, could make the playoffs. We'll see tomorrow. What did they accomplish this year? Eight wins closer to Shula. Okay. What does that have to do with anything? Who cares about... I thought Defense the- has made big strides. You have heard no ridicule of... Bill of Brian's uh, kids, Brian and Steve Belichick. Yeah, when they play good quarterbacks, you have absolutely. Uh, not really. I mean, who's... what? The first half against the Bengals, the booze well, raining how about down. The second half, they hung in there. They should have won that game. Ken, you're like uh, like a two year old with your attention span. Like, let's what? focus. Well, let's not fo- let's not include the second half of the game where they allowed right. them to come when back. They, just like the second half of the Bills on Thursday night was basically a walkthrough. For how them. many straight games have they had with a defensive touchdown? Are you saying the defense didn't have a good year? The defense has been phenomenally opportunistic. They have been bad against good teams. Okay, I, I just disagree. I, they've had the, the ascent of several young players. Okay, which has one of them the just foundation. got suspended. Well, that is a strange story. The Jack and Jones Judon suspension. again, are we going to see him tomorrow? Is he going to have continue his second half sort of disappearing act? Kyle Duggar is a star. You mocked that pick a couple yeah. years ago. Right, I think we all did, but it worked out well. Great job. Bill's usually right. Okay, so Bill Bill is winning in the personnel department in a lot of areas. He's this was a waste drafts. of the season. Convince me otherwise. Not, it was not a waste of the season. Because I think part of, of it part of it was because what happened last year. No one expected anything to happen with a rookie QB, and the fact that they made the playoffs like gave a little bit of momentum. And the fact that momentum is derailed now, I think, has all of us so angry. Season right. isn't over, Joe Braverman. And, and Joe, that is such a great nine. point. I can't wait for the Braverman and Curtis show to begin because they, they won last week. By the way. By the way, Ken, you and I sat here about a year ago, about a year and a week a week ago, 
where the Patriots got their butt kicked by the Bills on Wild Card Sunday, and you said, good year, and I agreed. <laughs> and you said, they need to add, they need to spend, they need to do more, and they did none of the things you requested, and yet you're saying it wasn't a waste of a year. It was not a total booming success, but it was not a waste. It's somewhere in the middle. They've had, they've had I some, love middle. Well, they've had, they've had progress in some areas. Devontae Overall, Parker you didn't think work they're out better, the way I thought. Are, Ken, are they better or worse than they were a year ago? If Bill O'Brien comes in, they're in Ken, good shape. he's not here. It's a simple question. But that's going to happen. You, you've seen enough reporting. Ken, today, with their current coaching staff, are they better or worse? Today, they're worse. Thank you. Appreciate but next year, it's a, it, could be a, your waiter. it could be a step forward next year. I'm not yeah. ruling out that this was a bridge year. They've extended but, but, the bridge. But, Ken, think about where they could be if Mac is on the same page with whoever it is. Bill O'Brien. Agree, but Bill O'Brien wasn't coming here. He signed if a two-year deal. If he's with Nick Cayley, and Nick Cayley was one, was the first choice by Josh McDaniels. Nobody is more discussed beyond any reason than Nick than Nick Cayley. Like, we have no idea who this guy is, what he would do. He'd be probably a disaster as well. He Ken, had no experience. You could be in your current role for the next thousand years and not make a worse hire than Matt Patricia as offensive play caller. It was a disaster. Agree. So then how do you have a disastrous decision and still say it's a success? Well, you can still have progress in other areas. I tried to lay it out for you. What's the most players. important area in the NFL right now, the way the game is played? Pass rusher. Nope. It is Judon the offense. and Uche. Big and year. And Judon once again disappeared. What are they you won talking last about? Week. They won last week. Let's go to Tony and McCart. Tony, welcome hey, to the good, mo- good morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Good. Hey, if I could have a minute, I'd like to give an analogy on what I feel the Patriots backing into the playoffs is like. You're in high school. You've asked every girl you have a crush on to go to the prom with you. They've all said no. And out of sheer pity, your older sister says she'll go with you. (laughs) In the end, yeah, yeah, you went to the prom. B, you didn't feel good about it. And C, you want it over as quickly as possible with no record of it. That's how I think the Patriots should feel if they back into the playoffs. Oh. Well, that reminds I don't me like when this. I was in, like, fifth grade, I had a crush on a girl, and she wrote, Lilab, love you like a brother. And I was like, oh, oh what a slap in the face. I don't like the sister part of the analogy, but, you know, if it's your third or fourth choice to the prom, you can still have a good time at the prom. That doesn't mean it's a bust of a prom. It is not a successful prom season, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, not, that, not if it's with your sister, but if it's, <laughs> you know. Ken, this, I mean, I, I hate to just berate this or just keep harping on the same thing here, but th- do you not agree that this had the potential for a really good year if decisions were made that had nothing to do with the salary cap and have nothing to do with, with anything other than simply doing what's best for the football team. I would have an easier chance of saying yes to that if I had an answer for who their coordinator should have been other than Nick Cayley, which we have no idea. McDaniels left. It sucked. You know, He left for a better job. It was not like that's Bill's fault. He had a tough choice. What is he going to do? He made the wrong choice. I mean, anything would have been better, I guess. But that doesn't mean next year when they get O'Brien in here as the coach in waiting, this team doesn't take a big step forward. And I have to tell you, Ken, you you keep going back to there will be changes made, changes in the air. Bill and Robert have been clear. Bill with us in the morning saying that it's too late, all that. And I, you're, you are not alone, and you make good points with that. And didn't Burt Breer report that Kraft is unhappy? Yes. And you trust Burt. I do. And here's the one thing I would would couch that with, though. The bill that we had with Alan Alan Siegel on penalties, not accepting that they were really a problem. Bill telling me that they actually caused a fake punt that didn't happen. (laughs) 
Does this strike you as a guy that will be introspective should they make the playoffs for another year? I just think you're a great interviewer and you caught him in a bad moment. It was a great oh, job by you. We'll end with that. Let's go to Matt in Maine. Hi, Matt. Hey, morning, guys. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Hey, I agree with Curtis, but I think you need to rephrase it. I think it was a waste of a developmental year for Mac. I mean, you've got him under contract for potentially five years at a cheap price, and you just wasted a year that he could have been developing under a decent offensive coordinator. And we, we all agree that the quarterback's the most important player on the field, and you just wasted a year. Yeah, I mean, he's had a bizarre year, and Bill's treatment of him is the most peculiar thing. It's not like he's even, like, Bill's had his back. Bill has, like, gone out of his way to snub him in a lot of cases, Matt. That is the, that's right. the one and, thing I'll admit about it. And to answer an earlier question, I I like watching the Patriots play, but I think if they don't make the playoffs, it's much easier for Robert to impose his will on Bill saying, no, you actually didn't make the playoffs this year. These are the changes we're making. Yeah, and I think, I guess I would feel... I don't feel certain that if they make the playoffs that Bill will get more power and that there will not be the changes that we all deem to be necessary. However, it is a – Bill has such a reservoir of goodwill and success that I also find it hard to believe if he's back in the playoffs again that Robert will have the same – leeway and leverage over him. Does so, that make sense? So the craft hammer, it comes down if they don't make the playoffs, just based on that. Right. That if they're in the playoffs, I can under I can see this very sort of... Because Robert's in a lose-lose situation here, Ken. Because he's chosen Bill, and if he then creates a situation that is untenable for Bill, then he's on his own, and Bill might go coach the Chargers and win there, and now you have Bill and Tom each winning, and you're sitting here you know, with Mac Jones and nothing. What if they so, make the playoffs and get totally destroyed like they did last season? Yeah, I guess, but then it'll be playoff season. Like It's like, you know how last year Mac Jones was a pro bowler on like the seventh alternate? <laughs> People still say he's a pro bowler, even though he's yeah. not a pro bowler. Sure. Like, that's what'll happen if they make the playoffs. All right, Kenny Curtis, until one, Arcan one to four. This is Sports Radio WEI. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.